Last one in our four-week series from Galatians 6, 14 to 16, with that, this series titled The New People of God. So um, turn your Bibles on, or get them out and look in Galatians. Uh, this series has been focused on this statement from Paul in his own hand at the end of Galatians. He wrote the letter um, to the Galatians and then he wrote, he, he dictated it, somebody wrote it down and in the end he said, look, give me that pen, I'm going to write down this to emphasise this point. Um, prove that I wrote the letter, but also to emphasize this point. So this is in Paul's own hand. He says, As for me, may I never boast about anything except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because of that cross, my interest in this world has been crucified, and the world's interest in me has also died. It doesn't matter whether we've been circumcised or not. What counts is whether we have been transformed into a new creation. May God's peace and mercy be upon all who live by this principle they are the new people of God. So we've done this in four parts, just this text here. Um, may I never boast about anything except the cross. We have no boast except the cross. And we have no obligation except love for other people. Um, anything else that we might boast in, our money or our status or our titles or our tribes or our, you know, I'm a, I'm a this thought or that thought or I'm left or I'm right. We, we don't, may I never boast about anything except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Um, and then we went on to, uh, because of that cross, my interest in this world has been crucified and the world's interest in me has also died. That is, is the trappings of this world, um, they've, lost their, they've lost their glamour for me. They've lost their value for me compared to the surpassing value of knowing Jesus because of the cross, because the Son of God gave his life for me. Um, because of that, then everything else that would capture my attention or my desire fades into insignificance. And last week, it doesn't matter whether we've been trans uh, circumcised or not, um, what counts is that we've been transformed into a new creation. That is our legalism, our dogma, this is Jesus and this, the, the things that you might, you might want to add to faith in Jesus Christ. Um, these guys had circumcision. Pete talked to us about a whole bunch of stuff that sometimes we add on to faith in Jesus Christ as a requirement for other people. Uh, and Paul here is saying, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. What counts is the new creation. As God renews our hearts as we trust in him. And this week, we're focusing on this statement. May God's peace and mercy be upon all who live by this principle. They are the new people of God. Would you like a little bit more peace and mercy in your life right now? Peace, peace with God, peace with myself, peace with my neighbour and mercy, the freedom of a perpetual fresh start all the time. Mercy to me and mercy flowing from me, peace and mercy. And not in bits and pieces, like I've got a busy day and then I stop and get some peace. Uh, peace unending, peace undiluted, uninterrupted, flowing from our beautiful creator, floods of peace and mercy. So who gets that? Who gets this peace and mercy? Well, Paul says, the new people of God. Who are they? They're the ones that are defined by this principle, grace and uh, peace and mercy, upon all who live by this principle. Or oh, your translation might have this rule, this um, undergirding foundational principle. What principle? Uh, what we've just all talked about the cross of Jesus Christ. It's my only boast. 
Jesus, the Son of God, dying for me, paying for me and for everyone else. This is bigger than any other boast you or I have. In all my life, it's more important than everything else. Jesus on a cross for us, all the things I used to think I needed for my security or joy or peace or comfort or status, they're all dead to me because, look, Jesus Christ gave his life for us. And you know what doesn't matter now? The legalism, the must-dos, the unwritten subcultural rules, anything people try to add to Jesus. There's no Jesus and anything, just Jesus. This principle, peace and mercy be upon all who live by this principle. They're the new people of God. Nothing counts except the new creation. Now, what is the new creation? Jesus in me in Colossians um, Paul says, Christ in me, the hope of glory. This is the secret that's been revealed now to all of the ages. This is the secret, Christ in me, the hope of glory. The hope of glory now, as I know Christ now, and his desires transform my heart now, and the hope of glory forever after this life on earth is over and we go to be with him forever. Jesus in me. That's the new creation. In Galatians 2.20, Paul says, I don't, I don't live anymore. Um, that's my old self, my old self who boasted in other things, who hungered after the trappings of this world, who loved the legalistic rituals or requirements. That self died with Christ. And in its place now, Christ lives in me. And I live this life in this body, in this earthly shell that I have, by faith in the Son of God who loved me, Paul says, and gave himself for me. That's why Paul, in his concluding statement in Galatians, doesn't say, may God's peace and mercy be upon all who agree with this principle. Or, may God's peace and mercy be upon all who teach this principle. Or, may God's peace and mercy be upon all who hang this principle on their wall. This is about the undergirding principle of our whole life, our 24 7 Walk. Um, Monday through Friday, Saturday, today, every day. May God's peace and mercy flow to those who live by this principle. So I got to thinking, what disturbs our peace and our mercy? Well, this might, you can see this, uh, this is what happened at our place over the last few springs. Anyone else have miners nesting in their roof? Just on the corner of our um, the roof, uh, just over our bedroom actually, there's a little gap, or there was a little gap underneath the corner um, in the gutter and the miners would get in there and over the years they've built quite a healthy nest there and every spring I think I'm going to get up and clear that stupid nest out. Before spring comes I'm going to clear it out because through the whole spring very early in the morning, they drive us crazy. And um, Anyway, but we've got an iron roof and the sheets kind of overlap and they're all connected and it's a nightmare to lift the thing up. So before this spring, I did it because they were disturbing my peace. But what Paul's talking about here is not that kind of peace. Paul's talking about... Uh, Deep peace inside us, despite the noise around us. Uh, Paul's talking about that deep sense that inside me that everything is okay, that I'm okay. 
I'm okay with God, I'm okay within myself, and I'm okay with you. Peace and mercy. I'm bathed in mercy and I'm extending that mercy to those around me. So what disturbs our mercy and peace? Sometimes we don't need any other help to disturb our mercy and peace. We, we're at war with ourselves. <laughs> we have this inner turmoil that disturbs our mercy and our peace. When we're annoyed at ourselves, when we're frustrated with our own shortcomings and failures and addictions and disadvantages, when we wish we were better. How does God's mercy and peace come to me when I'm at war with myself? Um, you might not be a person who loves songs and that sort of thing, but you should listen to this. Andrew Peterson wrote this little song called Be Kind to Yourself, and it's, it's, he's, he's pitched it as God speaking to his children. I'll read you some of the lyrics here. Uh, how does it end when the war that you're in is just you against you against you? You've got to learn to love. You've got to learn to love. You've got to learn to love your enemies too. <laughs> That's a beautiful line. You can't expect to be perfect, he says. It's a fight you've got to forfeit. You belong to me, whatever you do. So lay down your weapons, darling. Take a deep breath and believe that I love you. God's peace and mercy to those who live by this principle. This is why peace and mercy go together. Peace comes from God's mercy to us. Peace flows from us in mercy to others too. And God wants to give us mercy and peace. And I'll, let's hear the voice of his spirit in our hearts this morning. Lay down your weapons, my son, my daughter. Lay down your weapons. Take a deep breath and listen. I love you. I love you because I love you because I love you. If you're like me, you think a lot. Well, I do. I think a lot. Um, my head hardly ever stops um, chewing over, uh, am I doing this right? Um, I perpetually question my motives, which is not a bad thing to do. But I'm always thinking, what's really driving this, Danny? You know, what, do you, what do you want from this? Are you, are you being effective? Are you being helpful? Is this love? Like that, I don't know if that churns in your head, but that's churning in my head all the time. Um, I'm very hard on myself because I want to be better. And so often God reminds me, hey, hey, son, take a deep breath and listen, I love you. You're already accepted. You're already forgiven. Let it go. Trust me. It's like God's going... You can't be better. <laughs> I've got you better right here. I've got it in floods to kind of pour into your heart as you let go. Lay down your weapons. Take a deep breath and believe that we are entirely accepted and loved by God because Jesus hung on a cross for us. Uh, Philippians 4, 6 and 7, most of us would know that. Um, some of us would be able to recite that. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, for a prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. As you live in Christ Jesus. 
Grace and peace to all who live by this principle. They're the new people of God. What else disturbs our peace and our mercy? Or sometimes our circumstances do. A terminal diagnosis would mess up your mercy and peace, wouldn't it? Two weeks ago, our sister Judy met Jesus face to face after a long battle with cancer. She was only 56 years old. And in the time I have known her, Judy experienced and passed on as much of God's mercy and peace as I have have ever seen anyone do. And so many people connected to Judy are stronger in their connection with Jesus because she lived by this principle. And so many others in hardships testify to the same. The mercy and peace of God are not dependent on circumstances. In fact, sometimes they shine brighter in darker circumstances. Life in this broken world is often hard and unkind and pain seems to be distributed arbitrarily. Cancer, infertility, injury, disease, disaster, all spread around indiscriminately. If you've been protected from a lot of that, you're rare. And we as a society are privileged in that sense. When you look across the world, um, we understand that. But even in this society, if you've been protected from significant injury or illness or pain or grief, then you're rare. And you should be grateful. Um, And certainly not take any credit for it because pain is distributed indiscriminately in this broken world. But none of it is stronger than Jesus Christ on a cross, dying for us, paying for us, winning for us eternal life in unbroken creation forever and ever. Hardship cannot rob us of peace and mercy if we're trusting Jesus and living by this principle that Paul talks about here in Galatians. So what else? What else gets in the way of peace and mercy from God? You might say, what else? You mean, who else? I'll tell you right now who's disturbing disturbing peace and mercy in my life. And then you get your finger out and you go, that person is disturbing my peace and my mercy. Uh, I've had lots of conversations this week with myself and with other people about who is the disturber of peace around this place. (laughs) So who's messing up your peace and your mercy? Someone in your household? Your neighbor? Your colleague or your boss? The government? Like that guy? You think he's responsible for messing up peace and mercy around a place? This vaccinated economy. You, you can't do this or that if you're not vaccinated. It's messing with our society right now. And if you've got family or friends who disagree with you on vaccinations, you might have, have had this thought. Our government is not letting me love my neighbor. Our government is messing up our peace and our mercy Um, I've thought that, um, and people have said that to me in the past few weeks. Uh, People who are vaccinated, who are saying, this is a disaster, this is a mess. I'm not even allowed to love my neighbour. I can't, the government is stopping me. And um, and I would like to be able to give to others and have compassion and extend myself, but I'm all caught, I'm just so, uh, about this mess that's happening around me in this society here, one way or the other. And I've heard that from people on all sides of this space. And in my own heart too, I'm thinking that. This is hard now to have peace and mercy in this vaccinated economy. Um, 
And I'm stopping myself from making comment about all of that because I just want to talk about Jesus in the middle of this space. Note this. After Jesus had been falsely accused and set up and betrayed and maligned and whipped and beaten and nailed to a cross and it was all false and it was all unfair and it was all lies and it was all rampant abuse of political power, He's the only truly innocent victim ever. After all of that happened, Jesus nailed on a cross. What did he say? What did he say? Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. He wasn't saying they're hopeless at crucifixion. (laughs) Right. Because they've done that heaps of times. He was saying, they don't know who I am. They don't know what's happening here. They don't know the truth. They don't know that you love them. They don't know that you want to be reunited with them. They don't know. They don't know what we're doing here. They don't know that we're saving the whole world, that we're offering this free grace and mercy and peace to everyone, even these guys that have pinned me up here on this cross. They don't, Father, forgive them. They don't know. They just, they don't know. It's a good reminder to us when we're looking at people who antagonize us, who victimize us, who hurt us, who, who, who want to punish us, who want to who create division and problems and stuff. They don't know. And they don't need our anger. They need to see mercy and peace. Because that's what Jesus did in this situation. He walked up a hill and he hung on a cross. And this is the call for us. We are the new people of God. Peace and mercy flow to us and through us to the world around us. And our and and there is no force in this world that can rob the Jesus follower of God's mercy and peace. There's no power, there's no government, there's no outside force acting on the children of God that can challenge God's mercy and peace that flow to and through everyone who trusts Jesus, who live by this principle. We are the people of God. Mercy and peace are our portion in as much as we trust Jesus. Forgiveness is our portion. Mercy that flows from God to us and through us to others. We are agents of peace between people. If you're vaccinated and in your heart, you're abandoning and judging those who are not. I commend you to God's mercy and peace. God loves you. He loves you. And he loves that person. And he wants for you what he wants for them. He wants to offer Mercy and peace. If you're not vaccinated, it's a tough time for you. Please know that God is for you and that we are for you. You're our family. And I've been chatting with people who are not vaccinated over the past few weeks. And I've been asking them this. Pretty soon, a lot of the vaccinated people are going to be able to come to church. Um, in, in big numbers. So we, as Dominic was saying... At the end of November, it's likely that we'd have no density quotients and we can just pack this place out. 
which is going to be fantastic for us who are vaccinated. Um, but if you're not vaccinated, you're going to be able to be in a group of 30 people with density quotients supplying. Looks like for quite a while, if our state government has its way. And then your pastor rocks up to you, because, he, by the way, you, you might have lost your job, and you, you can't go to the stores that you used to be able to go to, um, and it's going to get worse soon in that space. Uh, you, you might have friction within your family. Um, you could even have friction within your own household. Uh, people who used to be your friends are avoiding you. Uh, other parents are pulling their kids away from your kids. You might get exited from a store and everybody claps when you leave. And then your pastor comes along and says, hey, we want to run a service for people who aren't vaccinated. Will you come and help to give of yourself to encourage others in their upwards journey towards peace and mercy? Can you come and be here for the sake of other people? Can you come and help to minister to your brothers and sisters who are in a situation like yours are? There might even be people who don't know Jesus yet who are not vaccinated, and we want to be able to provide a space for them too. So I'd love you to come and help me to run this 4 p.m. service for those who are not vaccinated. What kind of request is that? In the natural, everyone would say, you could put that request somewhere unpleasant. However, we're the people of God. And we are motivated not by our tribes or the things that are done to us. We are motivated by Jesus Christ on a cross, dying for us, forgiving his oppressors even as he was there. And so when I've gone to people in that situation, a lot of them have said, sure, I would love to help. I'll be there for the sake of other people. And I think that is um, beautiful. And in as much as that actually happens, I think we as a church should be so behind that crew because of the grace and the mercy and the peace that flows through the hearts of people who are, who are living by that principle as the people of God. You know, the antidote to anger is always forgiveness. Um, and it's beautiful. Forgiveness comes from God when he forgives us. I don't know if that Sunday afternoon service will get up. I hope it does. Um, and I hope we reach people who don't know Jesus on Sunday afternoons too. Pray for us. Pray for that service. And pray for us here. By the way, um, for our, for our, the reason we're doing two services for people who are vaccinated in the morning is so that nobody has to think, oh, I wonder if I should leave a space for somebody else. There's plenty of room. You can, you can come. So if you think, oh, I would like to go to church, just come to church. If we book out, and we've got not enough room, we'll work out a way to accommodate you another way. We don't want anyone held back because they think, I need to leave a space for somebody else. There is space for everybody. Please book and come to church um, with us next week if you're able to do that. Um, 
it's going to be challenging for us to hang on to mercy and peace through these next few weeks and through this time. It's going to be particularly challenging for those who are not vaccinated. So pray, pray that God would hold us together as one people, as one family, as we live by this principle. We're the new people of God. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this series. Thank you for uh, Galatians, the letter to the Galatians. Thank you for uh, the Apostle Paul. Um, thank you for this reminder of the gospel, of your truth to us, of your love to us, of your call to us to look at, to focus on Jesus and to live our lives by that principle. Uh, be with us, God, and I pray. Um, that you would flood our hearts with mercy and peace and the joy that comes from trusting you. In Jesus' name, amen.